Realty. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's Review It Man, reviewing what he can. Movies are his jam, so let's get twisted, man. It's Review It Rob. Hey, yo, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Review It Rob show. The one-stop shop for all kinds of nonsense, that is me. I am your host, Revealed Rob, coming at you with a fun episode this week, man. I got your mandatory DC and horror spooky talk as well. Got some other news, mostly Star Wars news, it turns out, but some other goodies in there. And I've got two reviews for you, man, this week. I got the Super Mario Brothers, or Mario Brothers. I've heard a lot of people call it that this week. I've got my review for that, spoiler-free, of course. And then had a documentary come out called Living with Chucky, which is about the Chucky series I'm going to talk about a little bit as well on this episode, man. So uh, strap in, buckle up, whatever it's called. Hope you enjoy the nonsense I've got for you on this twisted adventure that is the Review of Rob show. You do me a favor, just hit that like, subscribe, share, comment, rate, man. Rate the show on Apple or whatever. Do, do whatever you can to help the show. I guess is what we do as well. This is part of the Throw Me Podcast Network where we have a lot of fun over there doing a lot of good things and fun times going on over there, man. So check that out as well. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, all that good stuff. Just hit the like, subscribe notification over there for all the good time, fun that goes on over there. Uh, pretty decent week for me personally. Again, I watched those two movies, had a good time with both of those. Throw some more thoughts in there, you know. Of course, when we get to the review, um, I, I uh, played some WWE 2K23, finished up the John Cena showcase. That was fun. Unlocked some very cool stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna eventually do some live streaming of the game. I haven't figured out if that's gonna be on YouTube or Twitch yet. I gotta lock down how I feel about that because I've never done anything on Twitch. I don't know how Twitch works. I've watched some fellow friends do stuff on Twitch, and we have a Twitch. Throw Me Podcast Network has a Twitch. You know, I just haven't done anything with it yet, and I'm just trying to figure out how that all works. You know, I've done some live streams before on YouTube, and it seems to work pretty easy. I assume it's the same for Twitch, but you know, I gotta look into that and all that. But I have some game stuff coming there with uh, the WWE stuff. As well, I bought two Disney games. Well, I guess technically three Disney games uh, since the last time we talked. Uh, Disney has this racer game coming out called uh, Speed Force, I believe it's called. I bought the game. I don't even know what it's called. Uh, Disney Speed Storm. Speed Storm. Like an arcade kind of game. Looks like, think Mario Kart, but like Disney is what it looks like. Um, I saw that, and I was like, heck yeah, I'll get that. And it's coming out in like a couple days, I think. A couple, a couple weeks. It's coming out this month. I know that for sure. So yeah, it looks like it's April 18th for that release. It's saying early access, so I don't know what the full release is or whatever. But I did buy that. I was like, heck yeah, man, this looks cool. And Mario may have had something to do with it again because it looks like a Mario Kart game. And I kind of like Disney. I used to have a Disney podcast for crying out loud. So, you know, it, it looks like a fun idea game, you know, for sure to play. Just when you're looking for something different to play. Like I said, I, you know, I haven't played Mario Kart in a while. But when I do play it, I have a lot of fun in this game gives off that kind of vibe. And then I bought um, Disney Classic Games, whatever it's called. It's uh, The Lion King and Aladdin, which are two games from my past nostalgia. I played both of these games a long time ago, and you know I haven't played them in a long time, and I remember they were released this. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get it. I never got around to getting it, but I finally got it over the weekend. It was on sale. I think it's on sale for 
the sale might be over actually. Um, but go ahead and check. I got it on PlayStation. I think it ends Friday actually uh, of this week. But it was on sale. I'm like, freaking screw it, dude. I would gladly play at least Lion King again. And, you know, I don't remember much about Aladdin, but I remember those games being ridiculously hard when I was younger. Uh, so I was like, heck yeah, let's get these games, get them, play them. And I haven't touched them since I purchased them for the sole purpose of I want to play them for the first time again while streaming. So once I figure out the streaming aspect of things, I'll get in there and you can see me just get mad at all over again with the Lion King game uh, when I have to go through that freaking stampede scene or whatever. God, that was annoying. I remember playing that scene the most when I was a kid. I'm like, man, I suck at this area. But we'll see how I am as an adult gamer. Probably just as bad, to be honest with you. But nonetheless, man, that's basically what I've been up to. We are now moving forward in to this week's episode with the first review of the Super Mario Brothers movie. It is rated PG for action and mild violence. It is a kid family comedy running in at one hour, 32 minutes. It is currently in theaters. I'm breaking records by the way it is the highest grossing animated film of all time beating frozen 2 uh let's see in this film mario and the gang and peach all of them get ready to square off against an all-powerful bowser to stop his plans from conquering the world uh rotten tomatoes credit score has it at 57 percent jesus christ audience score 96 percent and imdb has it at 7.4 out of 10 so what were my thoughts on the film? First off, Rotten Tomatoes critics, uh, a big F you, 57%. That's why you should never listen to Rotten Tomatoes to begin with, let alone. Yeah, it's ridiculous. This movie is fantastic from start to finish. Entertaining from start to finish. Like, I had an absolute blast going into this movie. Like, I, I remember seeing the trailer. I'm like, this is going to be a fun time. Jack Black, love Jack Black. Uh, and then the whole cast is amazing, by the way. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But when I first saw about the movie, I'm like, oh, that's cool. That can be entertaining. I'll see it in theaters. But I, did, you know, I was excited about it, but I did had no idea that this movie was going to be a top notch film for me throughout the year, uh, as it seems like it's going to be. This movie is honestly, at the moment, when I left theaters, I was like, is this my favorite movie of the year? Because remember, I've been following along, my favorite movie of the year consistently has been Megan. Like, nothing has topped Megan for me all all year so far. And I've seen some really good movies, and, you know, Dungeons and Dragons got up there, Shazam, Fury of the Gods got close to it and all that. But nothing got to a very competitive level with it until the Super Mario Brothers movie came out. By the way, if you Google the Super Mario Brothers movie, there's a little one of those, you know, boxes with a question mark. If you ever play the Super Mario game, you can click on that box and it makes a little coin sound like it does in the game. You know, awesome details for you there. But, uh, you know, I honestly, coming out of that movie, I was just like, that was freaking insanely awesome. And I'm not, I, you know, I, not a Nintendo kid, if you will. I did play Nintendo when I was younger. I'm not saying I didn't play Nintendo. I played it and I had fun. Of course, Mario was like the main thing I played. I think that and like Duck Hunt or something like that. And then, of course, N64 came around and I had the WWE or WWF games at the time. Um, but I've played Mario games before. And I've mentioned I played Mario Kart on the Wii. I think it was the last time I played Mario Kart. But I, I was like the Sega kid and then, you know, going to the, you know, Sony stuff. But. You know, there was this moment of, oh, Mario is awesome. Like, the Mario characters are cool. They have that nostalgia beat inside of me when it comes to Mario and all that stuff. But watching the movie, I was, like, picking up on all these aspects and everything. It just, it felt like a game. 
Like, it felt like what you would want if you're going to see a video game movie. And again, that's something I've talked about before on the show. When it comes to video game movies, it's very tough to give uh, you that same feeling that you have when you're playing the video game, obviously, because you're in control of the video game. When you're watching a movie, you're just sitting there under no control whatsoever of what's going to happen in the film. Um, but I think this is one of the best video game adaptations of all time, if not the greatest video game adaptation of all time. It just hits on every single beat that it should hit on. From, you know, let's give them the Easter eggs from all these video games. Let's incorporate all this other different kind of video game stuff to it. To having a very good story, a very solid story. Um, the comedy beats are fantastic. The heart of the film is there. And I don't talk about look of a film a lot of the time because that's just, you know, I leave that up to other people who want to talk about stuff like that. But the movie is freaking beautiful. Like, the movie is beautiful. And again, it looks like you, what you would want it to look like. And, you know, of course, the difference here being between this and, like, the Sonic film and all that, because the Sonic film is kind of, you know, half animated, half live action. This is all full animated, and I, I like that a little bit more here. And I'm not an animated guy either. <laughs> you know, I, I don't even know what the last animated film I saw in theaters. I don't technically get into animated films that much. And, you know, I know it's like a stupid... Uh, another word I'm looking for here, but it's like one of those things where when you become older, like you don't watch animated stuff so much. And that's not necessarily the case for me. I don't shun animated things, but it doesn't appeal to me like it does to other people, if that makes sense. And I, I don't go out of my way to see animated films in theaters. Like I haven't seen an animated movie in theaters. I'm trying to even think about what the last one I saw was. Uh, was it? Oh God. Um, you know what? It might have been, actually. I think I do know what it was. It was freaking that Sausage Party movie. Uh, the the Seth Rogen movie, which Seth Rogen was in this movie as well. 2016. 2016 was the last freaking animated movie I saw in theaters. I believe that's correct. That seems right. Yeah, that does seem right. So, 2016, man. <laughs> Are you kidding me with this? 2016 was the last time I saw an animated movie. And again, even with that, that was like an R-rated animated film, which felt very adult. And for some reason, that made me see it and I'm a Seth Rogen fan so maybe that's I, I don't know I don't know the, the the reasoning why I don't gravitate towards animated films because I did see TMNT in theaters but again that's Ninja Turtles that's part of my life and I will see this new TMNT movie that's coming out this year Mutant Mayhem in theaters that's animated so maybe it has something to appeal to, appeal to me in some way that wasn't 2012 that's 2007 not 2012 what am I thinking to I don't know <laughs> but uh, Mutant Mayhem comes out later this year. I'll see that. And again, that's Seth Rogen. Maybe it's maybe an animated movie just has to have Seth Rogen in it for me to see it. Maybe that's the maybe that's the thing. But again, I, I saw the movie because I, I have that little bit of connection with Nintendo and Mario, of course. But, you know, the voice cast. I mean, Jack Black. Absolutely love him. One of my all-time favorite actors. Anya Taylor-Joy, one of my favorite actresses. Love Seth Rogen. I love... I honestly have no problem whatsoever with Chris Pratt. I like Chris Pratt a lot. I know a lot of people have all of a sudden started to hate him, and I'm sure it's going to go the same route with Pedro Pascal after a while when he continues to be cast in things because people like to lie and say the reason they hate Chris Pratt is because he's casting too much stuff. When in all reality, you just don't like the guy because he has a religious choice, which is a stupid reason to hate somebody, but hey, whatever. Um... You know, whatever trolls your beanie, I guess. But um, what a just absolutely amazing cast up and down with this film. Keegan-Michael Key is awesome, of course. I mean, just, you know, amazingness from up and down the on the team. And just, again, the nostalgia beats and it picks up on everything. Even for somebody who, again, wasn't a 
Nintendo kid, if you will, I could pick up on all these little areas and Easter eggs and all that stuff. And it doesn't, like I say, the movie heavily relies on that, but it has it in it like it should. I mean, it's a Super Mario Brothers movie. It should have all these bits and pieces and areas to it that just captivate you and just pull you in to the film. Like, you don't even have to be, you know, like a Nintendo kid or a Mario kid or whatever to thoroughly enjoy this movie. You could go into this movie blind and be like, oh, that's a freaking really good movie. Because it is. It plays very well from start to finish. And it's very entertaining. And again, again, it's only an hour and 32 minutes. And that hour and 32 minutes blew by. Like, there wasn't a moment in time when I was watching that movie where I was like, ah, let's, let's drag it on. No, it's an hour and 32 minutes of straightforward awesome is what this movie is. And that's why it's competing really hard for me right now with Megan. I need to watch Megan again because I haven't watched it, especially the unrated cut. I haven't seen the movie since I saw it in theaters. That's how much of an impact it had on me to where it still has held the number one spot for me after all this time. Um, but, you know, Mario's right there competing with it. And it, it's a battle right now in my head. You know, us, us movie fans, you'll get this if you're a fellow movie fan like me. That battle you have in your head sometimes with a movie of, of what, is this it or that it? And, of course, at the end of the year, we all do our top tens. And I could say a movie's number one right now for me. But come the end of the year, that could swap. Like, even, was it last year or the year before where I was like, oh, Cruella. Every single week, Cruella's number one. Cruella's number one. Cruella's number one. Then we get towards the end of the year, and here comes a little film called Tick, Tick, Boom, which Tick, Tick, Boom did out of the number one spot for me. Um, so anything can happen. Like, I'm thoroughly expecting The Flash to be my number one film of the year. I don't expect anything whatsoever to top that for me at all this year. But, you know, everything else down is going to be a battle for me because this year has just been – Fantastic after fantastic after fantastic after awesome after awesome after cool, awesome, let's go kind of films, man. Like, it has been a stacked freaking year, you know, and we're not slowing down. Like, again, this week, as I'm recording this episode, I'm seeing two more movies in theaters. We got Renfield and freaking The Pope's Exorcist coming out this week. Renfield, heavily excited for that movie. That movie's right up my alley. Dracula, favorite Universal monster. We're doing a Dracula movie? Cool. We got Nicolas Cage playing Dracula? Awesome. This Nicolas Holt guy, he looks cool. The movie looks entertaining, and I can't wait to check it out, and I'll be reviewing that for you next week, but I've already got my ticket for the, as well. Um, so, and then The Pope's Exorcist looks like a really cool movie, and I'm not, ex I don't know what to really expect from it, but it looks like a cool horror film going back in there. And, you know, it's just, you know, another awesome week, you know, so Super Mario Brothers, I like, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie, like, I say see it in theaters, like, go see that movie in theaters, it plays very well in theaters, the freaking, it looks so freaking good, it sounds so good, the cast is fantastic, the story is good, the heart is there, the music, oh my god, Jack Black has a song in this movie that I kid you not, I have had on replay replay repeat <laughs> since i've left the theater man I'm like oh where's the super mario brothers soundtrack boom there it is oh there it is boom like download repeat you know just over and over and over again like it's so much so at the end of the year when they do like the the uh the wrapped list at the end of the year um it's probably gonna be my number one song with the amount of times i've listened to it and again it's only like a maybe a little over two minute long song if that and I've just played it over and over and over and over again. So yeah, that movie, that song is going to be pretty high, if not number one song for the year for me. But I mean, yes, go see freaking the Super Mario Brothers movie. It is incredible. It is worth your time. Check it out. It is a fantastic time. And again, I, I'm not going to judge you if you don't like an actor. That's fine. But give me a reason, honestly. 
why you hate Chris Pratt. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it whatsoever. You know, but again, people are going to hate certain celebrities. That's the way it's going to work. A lot of people hate the Kardashians. I have no feeling about the Kardashians whatsoever. Uh, and apparently, you know, that's, I don't even have that in my news later for horror. Kim Kardashian's going to be the next season of American Horror Story uh, with Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts is in it. That's fantastic. That's going to be worth watching there because American Horror Story's been back and forth. But we're talking Super Mario Brothers right now. Uh, yes, see the movie. It's fantastic. Charlie Day's in it as well, which, by the way, he is awesome as Luigi. And I don't know if anybody else has this problem. <laughs> Maybe it's just a me thing. And again, I'll apologize ahead of time for this, but I get Jake Johnson and Charlie Day mixed up way too much, <laughs> like way too much that happens, and I don't know if it's maybe in my head they look a lot alike and sound close alike, but for some reason I get those two mixed up in my head sometimes, so at first when I thought that was, I'm like, oh, it's Jake Johnson, but then I'm like, oh no, it's not, it's Charlie Day, and <laughs> he's fantastic, and again, both of them are fantastic, both of them are great, but nonetheless, I don't hate Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt's entertaining, alright, and by all accounts, he seems like a decent enough dude, um, whole cast is great. The whole cast, oh my god. whole voice cast is great. Don't worry about the voice acting. It's a freaking cartoon. Just go into it and have a good time and fun time with this animated film. It is worth seeing in theaters. Yes. Alright. Uh, going from there, the second review for you I have this week is, again, a documentary by the name of Living with Chucky. Came out uh, last year. Uh, just hit streaming this year, though. Um, it is on Streambox. It is the other horror streamer service. You know, we have Shudder. I've talked about Shudder a lot on this this uh, show here. Um, and I just got Streambox. I got Streambox because of this. Because, again, I, I am a huge Chucky fan. If you're new to the show, guess what? Chucky's my horror icon. Love Chucky to death. I have Chucky Funko Pop sitting in front of me right now that I'm staring at while recording the show with a Chucky freaking pillow right there. Chucky NECA figure. Uh, Chucky throw blanket hanging on the wall, you know, all kinds of Chucky stuff around me right now while I'm recording. Like, that's my horror icon, man. I love Chucky. So when I heard about this documentary, I'm like, heck yeah, cool, Chucky something, give it to me. And then on top of that, the documentary is filmed by somebody who is like part of the family, if you will. You know, the writer-director of the film is Kyra Gardner, who is the daughter of special effects artist Tony Gardner, who has done special effects works for the Chucky films. So, Living with Chucky is an in-depth look at the groundbreaking Child's Play franchise. Yes, it is groundbreaking. I don't give a crap what you say. Uh, from the perspective of a filmmaker who grew up within it. The documentary features interviews with cast and crew such as Brad Dourif, Jennifer Tilly, Alex Vincent, and the creator Don Mancini, as much a, and much more. Which, by the way, one of the much more is threw me through a loop when I saw her. I'm like, that's interesting. You haven't been in a Chucky movie, but that's cool that you're here. Um, Abigail Breslin was one of the people talking on the film, and of course she was in, did the Zombieland movies and all that, and you, you know, should know who Abigail Breslin is. If you don't, look her up. She's a talented actress. Um, just took me through a loop seeing her there, because again, I don't associate her with Chucky, but uh, apparently she's like a horror fan, and she talked great about you know the Chucky stuff and talked about horror in general in there. I'm like, cool, man. That's awesome. Good for you. You know, cool. I'm glad you're in this, and you know what? I'm a little bit more of a fan of yours now. Uh, let's see. This personal film recounts the dedication, creativity, and sacrifice that went into making the franchise and its long-lasting impact on the horror community. Which, yes, Chucky is a horror icon. Chucky's one of the main horror icons. Still alive and kicking and getting very positive reviews. Um, and I laugh because not the other icons are not getting the best reviews right now. But Chucky, 
dominate. Um, Rotten Tomatoes had a critic score of 78%. So the critics like this movie more than Super Mario Brothers. Cool. Uh, the audience score, 94%. Wow. Go ahead, audience. Um, right there with Super Mario Brothers as well. Super Mario was 96%. Uh, IMDb, 7.2 out of 10. Uh, 7.4 out of 10. So yeah, these are pretty close, right? but much better favorable critic score for the documentary. But yeah, I absolutely loved this documentary, man. As a Chucky fan, it was great to see, you know, the cast and crew talking about it and, you know, the personal stories like that goes into it. Cause people don't think about that too much when they think about films and the making of films and all that stuff. They're like, Oh, they're living this glamorous life. And it's this easy thing that they do. No, like it's a lot of work, a lot of hard work that goes into making films, especially when we're talking about something with Chucky with the practical effects of how to make the doll work and how many people have to work on moving the doll and all that. And, you know, of course, you know, story-wise and basis and all that stuff. And you get to hear, see cool stories about that and behind the scenes stuff with, you know, the franchise as it's gone through forward. Uh, great interviews with the, the actors, we had Brad and Fiona Dorff sitting together, Fiona being his daughter, who has now joined the Chucky franchise since Curse of Chucky. She's been a part of it, and um, which is really cool that she's a part of it. I love that she's in it. And, you know, just all these cool accounts of, you know, the making of the franchise, the behind-the-scenes story of the franchise, what goes into making these films, and how families, you know, deal with, you know, the filmmaking process and how it, you know, pulls you away from your family for certain points of times, the hardship of that, but mostly how, you know, you have this other family that you build while making the film. Sometimes it lasts, sometimes it doesn't, but it seems like everybody in the Chucky franchise for the most part has become a really close knit family. And you really see that in this documentary. So, um, if you're a Chucky fan, obviously this is must see for you. Again, it's on screen box, that screen box, I think it's like four ninety nine a month. I, I don't know. I believe that's what I, subscribe for so it's not that expensive it's cheaper than shutter um and you know even if you're not a chucky fan it's just a solidly made documentary by kyra i think she did a great job with this it's solidly made to give you a great in-depth look of you know franchise that is you know they put it there and i'll agree groundbreaking franchise huge franchise in the horror realm huge franchise in movies uh it's worth checking out whether you're a fan of Chucky or not. Obviously, if you're a huge fan of Chucky, you've probably already seen it, or you're going to see it very soon. Um, if you're interested in the, you know, behind the scenes of filmmaking process and franchising and, you know, uh, practical effects and all that stuff, it's cool for you there. And if you're interested in doing a study on what it does, what it, you know, filmmaking does to families and some struggles you have to go through and other families that you build and all that kind of stuff. It's a really good documentary worth checking out for you for sure. And again, on screen box. So four ninety nine a month, check it out. It's fun stuff there. I, um, so I enjoyed both. I love both of them. And I'll gladly be watching both of them multiple times throughout the rest of my life for sure. Um, screen box. I have not dive dove into as much uh, yet because, again, I got it mostly for, for living with Chucky. I'm thinking of turning it into a show for our Patreon through the Podcast Network. does have a Patreon with some good shows already going on over there. And I'm still working on an idea for a show that I want to throw out. And I think Screenbox is going to be a part of it. I'm still you know, knocking out the kinks, what I want it to be. A couple of ideas I've had. Uh, first one being Shutter versus Screenbox because those are the two big dominant horror streaming services. And it's like pick one movie from Shutter, pick one movie from Screenbox, put them up against each other, and see which movie wins. What's the better movie? What's got the best kills? What's got the best you know story? What's got the best yada yada? All that stuff, right? Um, 
that's now gone into streaming wars, maybe. I don't know if I like that because it's a lot of work and, you know, jumping back and forth between streaming services and all that. Try to do that before. It's just a lot. Um, and then the other idea I did have was um, kind of a play off of the documentary In Search of Darkness was called In Search of Horror, which is which I, you know, I just talked about jumping back and forth between streaming services. But this would be me looking for the best horror films from streamers and again that seems like a lot of work but you know it's all in the pre-planning process if you like any of those ideas drop some comments down there for me let me know what you're thinking um so kind of work this out and brainstorm together man but we'll we'll get there when we get there speaking of getting there let's go ahead and get to the news on this episode uh with the horror let's start with horror man uh universal pictures atomic monster in the blum house have announced that Night Swim is now opening on January 5th, 2024, uh, which is proven to be a successful release area for Universal Blumhouse and Atomic Monster because they, earlier this year, have mentioned it a lot already, my favorite film so far for the year, maybe still battling with Super Mario, but uh, Megan released on January 6th of this year, so next year they have knocked out the date or scheduled the date whatever um january 5th for their next film night swim uh this is of course uh, you know gonna be good probably right i mean <laughs> they, they've proven to be good with uh, that trio did a great job with megan so we're hoping for the best with this uh night swim centers on a hidden source of terror in an iconic backyard swimming pool so that's all we got so far but that sounds intriguing enough to get you interested man that'll be our first film of next year basically it seems just like this year was megan that'll be my first film next year it looks like uh, let's see sticking with the universal pictures and blumhouse five nights at freddy's has released a date of when the film is to be expected as well as a bit of a surprise but i guess shouldn't be too much of a surprise uh blumhouse and universal have announced that the film will be releasing this year on october 27th which seems soon the fact that we're just now getting some information about the film, but releasing this year, which is awesome. Don't have to wait for it too much longer. Uh, October 27th is when it will be releasing in theaters, but that's not it. It'll be releasing same day on the Peacock, man. Now, I will go see this in theaters, but coming home from theaters, I might want to watch it on Peacock as well. Um, but that is awesome. That is good news right there. That was a bit of a surprise at first when I saw it because I was not expecting that because we're getting into the, you know, the area where, Streaming same day, I don't think it's happening too much. I'm sure something has happened recently with it that I'm forgetting about, but uh, it's very interesting to see. But again, that shouldn't be too surprising when I, you know, roll back in the memory a little bit and think about it. Universal and Blumhouse have done this in October as well uh, for Halloween. Halloween, ki- excuse me, Halloween Kills back in 2021 was released in theaters and streaming same day. And Halloween Ends last year was... Re- God, that was last year. Wow, time's flying. Um, Halloween Ends was released in theaters and on Peacock same day as well, uh, you know, in October. So this must be a... I mean, if we're looking at, you know, things here, you know, I can't think of the word I was looking for. If we're looking for coincidences... Not, that's not the word. If we're looking for... A trend. Trends the word coincidences. God, I'm an idiot. Um, the trend here is Universal and Blumhouse have been releasing a movie every October, theaters and streaming. So maybe they'll keep that going. Who knows? We'll see how that ends up going. But this will be the third consecutive year, man. So Halloween kills, Halloween ends, and now we're getting Five Nights at Freddy's, man. Which I am, you know, pretty 
interested in. I haven't played the games at all, but I've seen videos of them. I've seen people getting scared by it, and it, I could I could see the concept of it being pretty pretty creepy. So I am definitely into it. Let's see something I am into. The Stranger Things franchise is going animated. We'll see how that works for me. <laughs> As apparently I don't watch too many animated things but uh that's the next move for stranger things it looks like uh, we know stranger things 5 will be the final season of the regular show and they've been looking for ideas to branch out and the first thing we're getting here is animated uh we have dreamed of an animated stranger things in the vein of saturday morning cartoons that we grew up loving and to see this dream realize has been absolutely thrilling said the duffer brothers so good for them man i will probably give it a good old check out ski because i do like the stranger things but yeah, uh, season five, after that, we don't know what's going on. we got this animated show. I've heard rumors of spinoffs and all that. Millie Bobby Brown has, and the Duffer Brothers have announced that they are not doing a spinoff with Eleven. So, which I'm sure Millie's ready to work on other things um, for the time being. I, I mean, she hasn't, from what I haven't seen her say anything, you know, negative against it. But I'm sure she's ready to venture off into the other worlds, just like the Harry Potter kids did, you know. Uh, of course, she's got like a successful makeup line, clothing line, something, right? Um, so, cool. Uh, Cocaine Bear is hitting Peacock this weekend, April 14th, which I'll see that this week as well. Will I have three reviews next episode? Jesus Christ, maybe I will. Um, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is now available to watch at home. Will I have four reviews next episode? <laughs> Probably not. But just in case, you know, I'll have some movies on Doc to watch. Holy crap. Uh, so, yeah, Cocaine Bear. That's going to be a little bit easier to watch. That'll be on Peacock if you already have it. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. That is available to rent, which I'm assuming is $9.99 pretty much everywhere. And then you can buy it for, which I'm assuming is $19.99 everywhere. So, there you go. Uh, those two movies... Both involve horror and a bear. Right, moving into DC Talk. And of course, DC Talk these days all revolves around James Gunn and people asking him questions, him clarifying some things. So let's start off with Peacemaker Season 2 and if it is still happening. Uh, Gunn was asked this and he confirmed that the second season is still coming, but it will not arrive until after Superman Legacy, which if you remember, if you're keeping track, Superman Legacy releases July 11th, 2025. So we will have to wait until that happens but i am excited for peacemaker 2 love that first season i keep saying i'm gonna watch the uh first season again i need to get into that but we know how i am with tv shows um especially i mean i've already watched it of course um but now excited i can't wait to see that i'm ready for more of that stuff uh more on superman legacy james gunn said that i don't think the movie will be worth making it if we just redo if it's just a redo of any other Superman adaptations, for us to truly thrive as a studio, we need to honor the past of these characters while simultaneously seeing them in a new light. Uh, which I agree. And we've seen this from a lot of people. We're like, I don't want to freaking see Pearls and Batman and his parents getting killed again. And I don't want to see Uncle Ben getting shot again. And meh, 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 meh. We don't want origin stories, meh. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, yeah, that's fine. Do whatever you want. I'm going to watch it anyways. It's DC. Uh, let's see. Creature Commandos has been confirmed to release before Superman Legacy, so that'll probably be technically the first DCU product. Uh, we're still trying to figure out what Blue Beetle is and Aquaman, um, all that, because The Flash comes out, that restarts the timeline, and then Blue Beetle and Aquaman come out after it, but DC, the DCU, as it'll be known, uh, no longer the DCEU, they got the E out. Um, they, James Gunn has said the first film is Superman Legacy, so we'll see. 
you know, <laughs> I'm going to get to some news earlier about casting and all that stuff, but I don't know what's going on with DCU right now. I'm just sitting here waiting and gladly going to watch it because I am a DC nuthead. Uh, let's see, Waller. The Waller TV show came up. Uh, the series that, of course, follows Viola Davis's Amanda Waller. Uh, Gunn was asked uh, if it will be also releasing after the Superman film, to which Gunn said, if it's done in time, yes, it will. Uh, so they're still working on that, and they're apparently maybe having some issues. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Uh, let's see. He was asked if he sees himself working with Bradley Cooper in the DCU. Of course, Bradley Cooper does the voice for Rocket in the Guardians of the Galaxy series, which I am very excited for that movie coming out. I know y'all think I hate Marvel. I'm a Marvel Scrooge or whatever, but I am very excited for that movie. Can't wait to check it out. Uh, Gunn responded to the question of if he if he sees himself working with Bradley Cooper, and he said very much so. End quote. So get ready, kids. That is going to be your Bruce Wayne Batman right there. I don't know. I don't know if that's for sure the case there. I know, I mean, do we even know what age Batman's going to be? I feel like they said they're going to keep it under 40. Uh, so let's see. How old is Brad Lee Cooper? Bradley Cooper, I assume, is in his 40s. Uh, he's 48, so he's almost 50 years old. So we'll see. I mean, it's movie acting. Who freaking knows? They have older people playing younger people all the time. So And everything can happen. I mean, I mean. Come on, Bradley Cooper is freaking Bruce Wayne or Batman? I don't know if I want it, but hey, it could happen. Uh, let's see, there's a rumor about a Harley Quinn TV show. Uh, the rumor is that it would be a prequel show with the story of how her need to save the Joker led to her mind being shattered. Uh, Harley Dent, as they put it in their post, which should tell you right there that you should not believe this post because they're that fucking typo. Uh, it's supposed to be Harvey Dent, a.k.a. Toast. Toastface. <laughs> Go me. Uh, to Toastface. I want to see that character. Uh, Two Face uh, would also be in the show with Margot Robbie returning, but it's in a different world than Suicide Squad or Birds of Prey, also known as Pup. Um, <laughs> when asked this is true, Gunn said, There is not a single bit of truth in that. Uh, well, he's asked if there's any truth in it. He said there is not. Um, yeah, that sounds not like a good idea at all. So uh, I'm glad it's not happening. I'm, I don't want to see see Harley Dent um, as to Toast Face. But um, <laughs> I cracked myself up. Uh, yeah, I mean, Harley will obviously be a part of the DC, DCU. We just don't know as what yet. Um, so we'll wait for that. Let's see. Uh, Logan and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny director James Mangold has confirmed that he is writing and directing the Swamp Thing movie that has been announced for DC Chapter 1. Uh, he would announce this while attending the Star Wars celebration. We'll have some more news on that here in a moment. Uh, where it was announced, where he announced that. He said, we'll see what comes to fruition first. The truth is I'm writing both right now and who knows what's going to happen and what's going to blossom first or second. I'm acknowledging I'm doing Swamp Thing. It's not a rumor. It's happening. Uh, to which DC Studios co-CEO James Gunn quote tweeted the video clip and said that Mangold was one of the first people he talked to when he began charting the DCU's course and that Swamp Thing is Mangold's passion project. So there you go, man. Freaking Mangold is awesome. He does good work. He does solid work. That Indiana Jones movie looks like it's going to be pretty good. Logan, considered one of the greatest comic book films of all times. So yes, give it to me. A Swamp Thing movie from James Mangold. A yes, a thank you. 
Uh, let's see. Let's jump from there to Shazam Fury of the Gods. Star Zachary Levi was at Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. And he was asked some questions about Shazam. Uh, first off, about the sequel, to which he said, I think Shazam Fury of the Gods is objectively actually a better movie than the first film. A lot of people don't think so. End quote. Um, I agree, honestly. I do agree. Uh, and that's nothing against the first Shazam movie. That first Shazam movie is really solid and really good and entertaining. But this movie, I think, is just a notch better. Like, absolutely entertaining from start to finish for me. And I loved that movie. So, uh, it's getting unnecessary hate, as uh, the great Rachel Zegler pointed out when she was asked about it. And I agree. This movie is uh, good. It's a good film. Uh, let's see. He was asked if Shazam will continue to be in the DC universe going forward. He said, quote, I don't know, man. I mean, this is what I know. A business is a business. So they don't tend to make more products of something that didn't make them money that they wanted, right? I would love to keep playing this role. I am literally paid to be an immature version of myself. I would highly recommend, but I don't know. And I haven't had any conversations about it. So I'm just kind of here living life, which, you know, we got to look at some things when it comes to that Shazam franchise. Uh, not having Zachary Levi in it would suck. Um, but if we look at the charting course here, uh, Grace, Grace, um, what's her name? Grace, Grace, I'm forgetting her last name, but Grace, who plays Mary in the film, she did not play the adult version of Mary in the first film, but in the second movie, she plays the adult version because she's now 18. And I assume. And I mean, they even hinted at it in this late, latest Shazam movie that Asher, who plays Billy Bats in the young version, is close to turning 18 as well. And I would assume, you know, that if we did that with Grace, we would do that with Asher, where he would be played the adult version of Shazam now that he is an adult. Again, I would hate to see Zachary Levi out of it. I like Zachary Levi. Um, but, I mean, who knows what's happening with Shazam? We, that's not a character we know of if anything's happening. You know, I mean, I know James Gunn shared a lot of images and stuff, which we can just hint and guess at, and we won't know anything until it happens, right? Uh, I, I mean, I would hope it, you know, has some kind of life, because, again, I've enjoyed both films, you know. So, I just have to wait and see, but... Yeah, <laughs> I have Sinbad listed as the Casper... <laughs> Oh my god, that threw me off. Sorry, I was looking at the cast with Shazam Fear of the Gods and that just that took me. Oh, Sinbad and Shazam. What a Mandela effect. Alright, so there we go. We'll have to wait and see what happens with Shazam. Alright, let's see. James Gunn's James Gunn's Jesus. James Wan's Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is moving up five days to December twentieth now instead of releasing on Christmas. Uh DC pick will now be going against Ghostbusters. Wow. Wow, that's going to be interesting. Okay, so if you've been on this journey with me, and I appreciate you if you have been here with me from start to finish, I have been very indifferent about this movie, so much so saying that I would not see this movie in theaters because Amber Heard is in it. Um, and since that, since then, and as the time's gone on, I'm still not 100% sure if I'm going to see this movie in theaters or not. I have seen things that say Amber Heard is barely in the movie, uh, which makes it a little bit easier for me to see. Um, let's see when we get there. Because as a DC guy, I, I want to support them. You know, even if that movie is not connected to anything, you don't watch a fucking movie because it connects to something. Um, 
And I like Jason Momoa a lot, so much so where I'm like, oh, this freaking, I want to see this Fast and the Furious movie just because he's in it. That's how much I like Jason Momoa. Um, but I've been different to that movie, right? And between the two, between that and Ghostbusters, I'm highly, highly more likely to see Ghostbusters. Just because, again, Amber Heard's in that freaking Aquaman movie. If she wasn't, then obviously it would be Aquaman right away. And that's nothing against Ghostbusters. I like Ghostbusters. I'm more of a DC guy. Um... Fuck, I'll see them both that week anyways, more than likely. But, you know, I'm still trying to figure out where the the line is with me with Aquaman. And maybe I need some more screenings to come out and let me know just how much Amber Heard's not in the movie for me to see it. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to see with that one. Um, so, yeah. Let's see. And then final bit of DC news here. Frank Grillo, who played um, Crossbones in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is apparently part of the DC Universe. Um, so he was talking with comicbook.com and explained that he felt his MCU character could have been more sustainable role, substantial, excuse me, role in the universe. And that he's disappointed in how Crossbones appears, saying, quote, I think Crossbones, Crossbones, Crossbones serves a purpose. But I think the interesting thing is that if you see how many people around the world have responded to Crossbones, and again, he's on the screen for very flarking, I'll have flarking in there. He said the other word, which I just said, and I tried not to cuss as much as possible. Try to be a gentleman. Uh, but he said a very effing short amount of time. I think there's more there. I think there was more meat on the bone. I was disappointed, which is why I went over to D.C., end quote. I don't know what he's done in D.C. And I, I don't remember seeing him in anything D.C. And I looked him up, and I don't see him in D.C., I mean, who is he? <laughs> I mean, is this our first confirmed actor in DC? And I haven't seen James Gunn say anything about it. Is this our first confirmed DCU actor? Which I feel like Jason Momoa has probably pretty much been confirmed already. But that's interesting. Like that's just that's who is he? Who is he going to play? Is he going to play Deathstroke? I mean, that's the easy thought process there. But freaking, I guess he's a part of it. And again, we don't know anything about the DCU. We don't know any casting. It has not been announced. Like, again, we can assume J uh, freaking Jason Momoa's there. We can assume Margot Robbie's there, right? We know Henry's not there for now. They've left the door open there. We can assume Ben Affleck's not doing anything. Um, uh, Ezra, they've left the door open for. They're going to see how things work with the mental health treatment. Um, Ray Fisher, we can assume, is not coming back because he's got a problem with Warner Brothers. Um, Gal, we can assume, is coming back. Um, and then from there, we don't know. Like, uh, John Cena, we can assume, is back as Peacemaker, right? And Waller Waller's still Waller. So we've got that stuff figured out. So bits and pieces there. And, they, you know, they did give the, the hint with Shazam. So maybe Shazam's a part of it. We don't know. So I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> so Frank Rillo's apparently in the DC Universe. We don't know who he's going to be playing. But he's going to be there. Good for him. All right, moving into other bits of news, which again, I teased earlier, Star Wars was a big thing that happened the last time we talked. First big news for me when it comes to Star Wars is that Rey is back, baby. Freaking love Rey. Rey is probably my favorite Star Wars character. Not even probably. Rey is my favorite Star Wars character, and I enjoyed that latest trilogy. I don't care if you didn't. I enjoyed the films. Um, as she's returning in a new movie that will follow the events of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, uh, Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy said at the a Star Wars celebration event that Ridley's new Star Wars movie will follow Rey as she builds a new Jedi Order. Star Wars fans will pick up with Rey well over a decade after the Rise of Skywalker. 
well, we're 15 years out of the Rise of Skywalker, so we're post-war, post-post-order, and the Jedi are in disarray. There's a lot of discussion around who are the Jedi, what are they doing, what's the state of the galaxy. She's attempting to rebuild the Jedi Order based on the books, based on what she promised Luke, so that's where we're going. As for if Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker could be involved in the film with flashbacks such as Force Ghost, Kathleen Kennedy said, I don't know if we'll spend a lot of time in flashbacks or Force Ghost or things like that, but certainly the spirit, what he represents to her, is going to be significant. Which I'm fine with, which I'm okay with. If you throw a Force Ghost in there of Luke, that's cool. I got no problem with it. But Ray's back, and I'm freaking excited, man. Can't wait to see where this goes. Love me some Ray. Like the like the idea here, and Star Wars back on the big screen just feels right. Like it feels like I know we've got the Star Wars shows lately, and some people are burned down on Star Wars. It's fine, that's your prerogative. I'm ready to see Star Wars back on the big screen. Uh, speaking of not just that movie, you got two other movies in the works as well coming to uh, the big screens at some point in time. Um, we've got Dave Filoni and James Mangold are set to direct two Star Wars movies. Lucasfilm revealed the directors will helm two separate films in the franchise. Mangold's movie will go back to the Dawn of the Jedi, while Filoni's project will focus on the New Republic and close out the interconnected stories that are told in series including The, Mandal- the Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and other DC, DC, Disney Plus shows, which means I gotta fucking watch those shows. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, that's awesome. We got that going. We also got the Rain Johnson Star Wars trilogy isn't in active development at the moment, but Kathleen Kennedy explained that it's a matter of scheduling because Rain Johnson is unbelievably busy, which I assume means he is working on more Knives Out films. Uh, Kennedy has also revealed that the long dormant show starring Donald Glover is still happening. That is the Lando show. Though it didn't share much as to when we might see it, just saying, I can just tell you it's still happening, and he's very excited about it, of course, talking about Glover. Um, cool, give it to me. I thought he was great as Lando in that solo film. I've only seen that movie once. I think my brother, Tombstone Josh, actually likes it. I don't know, and he's not a Star Wars guy, so I, I don't know how I feel about saying that, but I felt like he had some kind of connection with that movie. Um, so there you go, that's the Star Wars news and as quick as possible because the show's running late um, but there you go let's see last bit of news here uh netflix has done the first ever ordering of a pilot episode for a tv show they normally order a show right away but this is the first time they've done a pilot episode for a show and it is going to be a show starring samara weaving entitled little sky which is a single camera comedy so that is cool we all like samara here and it'd be fun to see her in like a comedy I think she's had comedy bits in her movies, but I've mostly seen her in horror films. Uh, so it'd be nice to see her in a uh, comedy. Why not? And then last bit of news here. Jack Black is plotting an epic reunion to celebrate the 20th anniversary of School of Rock. 20 years. School of Rock. Wow. Uh, all those kids dig this. They were 10 years old when we made that movie, and now they're all like 30. We're going to get together and have a 20-year anniversary. We like to jam. I'm going. I'm looking forward to seeing all of the grown-ups from School of Rock. Uh, Black added that he will 100% use social media to upload photos and videos from the upcoming reunion, which is awesome. I do love me some School of Rock. I love me some Jack Black, as I said earlier. Highly excited for that. Highly anticipated. Can't wait to see what they end up doing there. I'm sure there'll be like a 20th anniversary release of the film or something uh, as they like to do and you know releasing of films as anniversaries and all that stuff man but i'm excited for that except for all of it, man a lot of stuff going on to be excited about hoping you're doing great man as always hope you've been great hope you enjoyed this show
Um, try to make these shows as fun as possible for people. And, you know, I'm just a movie guy talking about movies and stuff that he loves and enjoys. And if anybody enjoys that, cool, man. Thank you for joining along. I appreciate you. Again, please hit like, subscribe, share, rate the show. Let me know, you know, get some rating going on on that show over there on Apple or whatever, wherever you rate shows. <laughs> and I appreciate you, man. Give us a follow here at the Throw Me Podcast Network and all our ventures and all the good times, man. Keep you posted there on my social media, what stuff's going on. And as always, thank you, man. Can't say it enough. Thank you, and I appreciate you all joining in on the show. And as always, hope you remember that happiness can be found even in the darkest times if one remembers to turn that light, man. So appreciate you all. Thank you for joining in the show. I will be back next week with apparently four reviews. I'm not committing to that, probably two. Um, but nonetheless, appreciate you all. Thank you for listening to the show, and I'll talk to you all next episode.